Welcome to the 128 Podcast. I am your host, Tommy West. Today on the show, a guy who loves coffee. I cannot express that enough. In fact, if you didn't know that he actually produces music uh, based on all of the things we talk about today, you would think that he is just like the owner of Starbucks. So we'll talk about all that stuff. Plus, we will talk about music. And this guy is very busy in the studio. He is awesome to talk to. A lot of fun. If you are a coffee lover, you're going to love this. This is Mac J. Where are you right now? I'm in my house in uh, in Vegas, sitting in a uh, green bubble chair. It's kind Jeez. of like a green screen, but not really. Yeah, but what, wait, how high are the ceilings in there? Jesus Christ! Oh, I know they're fucking high. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> the meatloaf. <laughs> what is? By the way, I, I mean, Vegas is one of those. Is that is that place like I I I dude? Everyone from everyone was telling me to try to and and almost convinced me i shouldn't say it's not like i decided not to um i just i'm I'm a new yorker i've been here for god knows how long and i and i can't get it out of my system but like everyone loves vegas and like the market there and, and the and living there yeah it is um so i moved here from california mm-hmm. um last to 2019 september so yeah. I, i'm i'm a transplant i'm new um i moved to like this HOA gated community type of area. Um, it is, it's my sound cliche, but this is by probably one of the happiest kind of more low key moments of my life yeah. because you know, it's, it's, I have never had a routine, especially touring for the last 10 years. It's been really difficult for me to, to kind of like tone it down a little bit in my busy kind of DJ career and yeah. being gone two or three times a week. And never really having a routine. So coming to Vegas and, you know, unfortunately COVID has been the demise of almost everybody, yeah. but it's growing from it and definitely living in Vegas and living in this area is, it's been, it's been awesome. And of course the tax benefits are great. It does get pretty hot in the summer. Not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. It was kind of, it kind of hit me in the face like a wet waffle, but yeah. it's, uh, it, it's, if, if that is the only issue about where I live, Hey man, first world problems. Yeah. Well, it's funny too. Uh, I see. I, I always, I always knew the summers, right? Coming out there for like EDC Vegas, I yeah. always knew Vegas in the summer, burning hot, like it's going to be 105 in the middle of the night. And then um, I went out there for CES a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know any better. I'm just like it's the desert, and so like I just packed short sleeves, like I'm wearing now, and and came out there, and they're like, oh no, no, like it. It does get colder here. It's not, it, you're in the desert, but it's <laughs> desert cold. And I was not prepared and I, I didn't know. So, but is, how is it this? Cause the weather oh, everywhere it's is cold. Crazy. It's cold, Tommy. Yeah. It, is, it is cold. <laughs> I mean, I'm currently looking at snow on top of these mountains over here. It is, um, I'm just sitting in here with a Patagonian. Yeah. I look like, I look like Marv from Home Alone right now, dude. So it's, it gets cold. I mean, yeah. the weather is, the weather is bad for about combined with crazy hot summers, about five months of the year yeah. is bad, but most of the other time it's really nice. It's pleasant, but it's yeah. also very windy here. So flying in and out, you know, you get to hit with the occasional, uh, burst of, uh, we call them haboobs, which they're like big dust storms. Oh yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's wild. It's kind of, it's Arizona. It's Arizona yeah. weather. You know, there's no bodies of water around besides like Hoover Dam and Lake Mead, but I like it here, man. I'm, I used to play golf in, in college. So I play golf a lot now and I live right near a golf course. It's, it's nice being 30 years old, dude. And yeah. being able to do these things and keep my mind at ease until touring starts to get back to normal and, you know, producing a lot of music, but it's, it's very much the retired life here. Yeah. So I'm seeing an influx of so many of my friends from living this crazy nonstop hustle rat race lifestyle in LA, San Francisco, New York, Miami, and they're all moving either to Texas, Austin, or yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Taxes, man. Taxes yeah, are man. brutal right now. It's crazy. I've heard so many people move to Austin. I've heard mm. so many people like, and it was just before the pandemic that um, a handful of people I know were moving out to Vegas or like looking at houses out there. And I feel like if you got in just before everything kind of went into lockdown, it's, it's crazy. But it's, I mean, it, it's, it, yeah, it's hot and all that, but like, it's a, it's a nice place to be. I mean, comparatively. I look at it. Yeah. I look at it this way, man. First of all, problems if it's hot, like, come yeah. on, there's other horrible yeah. places to live, but <laughs> is it worth the money to move out here? Of course, if you're spending, you know, I was, I'm fortunate enough to been able to have worked as hard as I have been and been able to buy my own house, but I'm literally spending as much money on my mortgage as I would be paying for state taxes in California. It's a no brainer. It's literally no brainer. That's crazy. It's nuts, bro. It's yeah. absolutely like my mortgage actually was outweighed by the California state tax. Like it's, that's insane. It's, it's mental, man. And especially if you're like, you know, I have a couple other businesses that I run, you know, like a couple retail places and you know, I do, uh, some restaurant stuff and it's the rent is so much cheaper. And I feel like it, it really also, you see the energy of the people when they're, when they're not having to spend, you know, $6,000 a month on rent. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could see it They're They're more, they're able to go out and have a nice dinner and not have to be worried about strap for cash because it's $50 a park down the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. It's I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be here. I'm blessed to have made the move when I did. And you know, you can't, I wasn't a genie in a bottle. I didn't know there's a pandemic coming, but I luck, dude. I got yeah. lucky. Wait, wait I, I want to know about this. Cause like this, this now this peels back so many other layers. You, you own some restaurants. So yeah, my parents have always been in restaurants when I was a kid and yeah. um, I've always been obsessed with cooking and definitely been traveling a lot to figure out like what I don't like and what I like. And, yeah. Um, did I I've opened up a coffee shop and, that's been really fun. Um, it's just been something to keep my mind at ease because yeah. as you know, you want to, I micro obsessed with a lot of stuff and a lot of producers can hopefully relate with this. But when you produce music 24 hours a day and you make music, make music, make music, and then you go tour and you go play that music, it gets really routine after a while. Yeah. And you start losing that like almost aha moment that you're supposed to be getting when you yeah. have these, Oh wow, that feeling that I get when I do these things yeah. and been able to, you know, venture out and do other things and do a lot of pro bono stuff and helping other people. It's, it's that feeling that I've missed and COVID's definitely made me realize, Hey, good gets good in the world. And I, I'm a firm believer on karma and it's been fun, man. It's been really fun doing these things with my friends and, you know, yeah, kind of keep them, keep them busy, keep them busy. Yeah, what's crazy about that too is, and I've talked about this a handful of times, but like one of the things I always lean back to is uh, the guys from South Park, like Matt, Matt, I think it's Matt Stone, or Trey, I think it's Trey Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, he has to be so creative. I, I watched this whole documentary where like he had to be so creative all the time. And so he just like 
you know, go back to his office and just like follow instructions and build like little Lego sets because there's that balance between like having to be forced to be creative and then like just I want to just turn it off and just follow instructions and follow a pattern. You need that balance. You know, it's, re- you know, it's really funny, man. Yeah. <laughs> is that your is that your getaway from like same shit, different day, my friend. Damn, Every dude. day. It's That's crazy. crazy. It, Legos are one thing, but it's just keeping your mind at ease in these like yeah. kind of bizarre because most people that kind of have this creative mindset where it's you have to be in that mindset for an hour or two hours a day and then stuff starts to click. Yeah. But it to tap into that has been the most difficult. It's the writer's block. It's the, you know, you you go outside and, you know, step on dog shit. It's gonna ruin your day. Yeah. So, you know doing small little crafts and keeping your mind working and not being stuck on your phone and on social media has been, it's, it's a struggle. You know, it's, it's definitely, uh, there's so many different, uh, I could sit in my house all day and watch TV all day, you know, but it's choosing not to do it is the key. And being able to keep your mind working has been the struggle for, I feel like a lot of artists these days, because it's hard, especially if artists only make club music, man. You know, if you're only making club music and guess what that club music, is going to now there's yeah. no clubs that are open yeah. that is depressing yeah. you know so for guys so for guys like me i've had to switch my brain into more of like a opened mindset into doing other things yeah for sure well i mean that's the thing when you're when you're in the studio producing i've talked to like i think i was talking to origin not that long ago and talking about mm-hmm. like his process and um and how he'll like you you go out on stage and you go to you, you know you do a show and you throw a new track on that you've been working on and just kind of see how the crowd reacts to it and play with it. And that was a part of his process. He's like, well, now I don't have that. Like, so now like his, his entire process is completely different. Did you have that kind of same thing where like you included that in your, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, these live sets and I've done some shows, you know, I got a couple shows coming up, you know, thank God it's yeah. been, it's been a struggle, but you yeah. know, I have some shows in the States coming up and I was supposed to be in Asia a couple of weeks ago, but the visa issue, there's a visa issues and yeah. whole humbo jumbo stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, to look at a picture and be like, wow, I used to play in front of 30,000 people at Tomorrowland Yeah. to now I'm sitting at my house where a TikTok star is, is, you know, it has the more of notoriety compared to, you know, like a Swedish house mafia. You're yeah. kind of sitting there going, what? in the, it's all relevancy at this point, yeah. you know, I've had to explain, it's almost like I'm an old man sitting on my deathbed and telling these stories as a kid, but they've happened three years ago. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. You know, everyone's like, Oh, so what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm just waiting for the tour. Oh, so like you're a touring DJ. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've done some stuff and they're like, Oh, like, you know, do, do you play like in, in California and stuff? Yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, like it's, it's been funny, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of those things where people really, uh, you need inspiration in weird places, yeah. but once you find it, you can find it. But as for guys like me and, you know, other guys that went from zero from a hundred to zero, yeah. it's hard to kind of, um, take that next step and get motivated when you're looking at a photo that you, Oh yeah, I played ultra in front of, you know, yeah. X amount of people. And I was touring 200 days of the year to zero. And you're yeah. like, why would I even do this anymore when there's nothing going on? It's hard. Yeah really hard yeah and how's the vibe in vegas in general just because like that's that's the town ta- like i mean and all right feel free to disagree with me but like when i'd go to miami versus like there's miami and there's vegas and there's the mm. two like 
EDM house t- dance towns that I'd kind of put out there in in the states at least. And uh, and Vegas over the last couple of years, especially, I felt like I just become like this like you know place to rise to and a place that everyone wanted their own residencies and 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 now with everything like everything just kind of shut down it's 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 shut everyone out and so like i'm i'm i haven't seen anything out of vegas i'm kind of curious what it's like there is it is it as depressing in person or is it like they're like a silver lining that we're not seeing i mean it, it was it was depressing at one point when covid was at its peak you know vegas the casinos were shut down i have a lot of friends that work at these casinos and you know, from people that are dealers to like my neighbor was one of the main pit bosses at MGM and, you know, seeing him go outside and get in a newspaper every morning and holding his cat. I'm like, dude, yeah. what are you doing? Like, you're going crazy right yeah. now. You know, he's like, I've not, haven't worked in 40 years. Like yeah. literally I've not, not had a day off for 40 years. So it was kind of funny. It wasn't funny. It was kind of, it was depressing by the same time. It was weird to see hit what the other side of the business, the guys that actually make Vegas work, Yeah, you know? It, dude, like the Tiestos, the Zeds, the Snakes, the David Guetta—they're fucking, they're fine. Yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna come back, get their residencies again. They'll always be relevant. Yeah. But for you know the open format guys to like the D level artists, yeah. you know, try, it's 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 difficult. You know, it's it's one of those things where Vegas was a, a staple. Like you have a Vegas residency; it's another really cool thing on the resume, and a lot of clubs go. Oh, Mac J, resident at the win, you know, right. and, or, you know, he was, he, you get to play on like Tuesday nights in the summer, yeah. which is unheard of, you know, Monday and Tuesday nights. And yeah. when it shut down, then people kind of knew that the world was just like in a weird spot, yeah. you know, all clubs, like the clubs haven't opened up. Nothing's yeah. opened up. I mean, restaurants, you have to make a reservation, you know, you, they have tables inside. It's not outdoor seating. You know, there's, there's some limitations, but there's no clubs there. There hasn't been a capacity rule yet. Um, but hopefully in the next couple months, uh, the mayor or the, sorry, the governor, Sisolak has put out like maybe April would be the time that these clubs start opening back up and Vegas starts to get back to normal because it's, it's really scary because most of the people that live in Vegas and especially in the kind of the residential areas, they all work at these casinos. It's, yeah. It's like New York, right? Yeah, you, know, exactly. you don't you don't imagine half the people that you live next to. Right. Those people make a living doing the stuff that keeps the city alive. You yeah. Know? So and that's the thing too. Like like here in New York, I mean, obviously we have tourism and and there is a segment of that industry, but like Vegas, if you if you work in Vegas, that is part of that industry. It's all like it's it's as if New it's York everything. City was condensed down and everyone's just flying in because of everyone coming into into Vegas to just visit or gamble or hit a hit see clubs or shows or whatever it is. And, and it just goes from, you know, like a hundred to zero, like you were saying. And it's, it's wild, dude. Yeah. I mean, I I remember a couple of my friends worked for, um, they were performers for a show called the O at the Bellagio. And it's like, it's owned by, it's a Cirque du Soleil project. Yeah. And they were gymnastics and I can hit them up. I'm like, where are you guys at? They're like, Oh, we moved back home no one is going back yeah back to check the back to the czech republic and i'm Jeez. like so are you guys coming back nope yeah like just like that yeah. and it was w- really crazy and you know then i have to really rethink like where am i going to be at in four or five months yeah and then that four or five months was you know seven months ago yeah yeah and now it's been a full year and you know there's kind of the clouds are separating a little bit and people are you know like i said i've had some shows 
here or there. I was in um, Miami last uh, two weeks, a week and a half ago. I played at SLS. I played in Fort Lauderdale. I have a show in North Carolina coming up. So there are shows that are randomly popping up in different states for sure. But the main mega clubs, shot in the dark. No one, no one has any idea. You know, that's 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 crazy. Uh, and, and what about you, you were saying? Because it's 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 still in an industry that's impacted. But you were saying you own a coffee shop. Like, mm. how how's your coffee shop doing? How your how's your? Yeah, no, it's it's good. You know, like luckily I've uh, teamed up with a few people that have lived here, and they have that kind of you know presence already in Vegas. And it's weird, man. Like I have some friends that have capitalized on COVID. Like they used to be their Amazon warehouse owners and, or they used to own furniture stores or landscape or general contractors. And most of those people with, with traits and they, they have, you know, hustled and grinded for 20 years and somehow their industry is now popping. You know, you just gotta, gotta go with it. You know, you gotta just capitalize on it. And retail has been very, very difficult in a lot of ways, but online sales have been incredible. Yeah. Um, but the coffee shop has been good. You know, we're able to open up. We're able to have people in. You know, we have people that go to UNLV always at the uh, the, the college. They go in, and yeah. You know, it's a very lenient spot. It's it's nice. You know, it's not a forever thing, but at the same time, it's like I said, this goes back to the first thing we were talking about of just keeping my mind occupied and doing yeah. different things and being able to do them, which is nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. What what you you were showing me the Legos uh, a little while ago? Like, is that your go to? You have any other hobbies? You're uh, man. Your- I'm a I'm a weird dude. I love uh, I'm like a micro obsessor. So like, I got really into coffee, and that's why I opened up the spot. You know, I was like learning how to roast beans and like traveling to South America and like learning the gases of different beans from different parts of South America. Like it got serious at one point. Did you um, wait? Do you do like that? That I the legitimate coffee tasting where like you slurp yeah, it and like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like going and tasting really nice wine. But you would yeah. do that to, to check the gases of the of the different espresso beans. But yeah, you would do that. You know, it's it's like anything. You want to get to that ten thousand hour. uh the 10,000 hour rule in any job. And that's when you're considered a professional, you know, (laughs) it is what it is. Um, what else have I really been into in the last year? I got really into skydiving. That was kind of wild. Yeah, man. It's really accessible out here. I got my skydiving license when I was living in San Diego. And then when I moved out here, one of my really good friends, shout out Matt Jaskell, he owns this company called go jump Las Vegas. And he was like, dude, just come out, you know, like, make a couple songs for make a couple songs for the the flight school and i'm like hell yeah trade yeah. you know so <laughs> traded him some beats and was able to jump out of a few planes man wait wait so i i have a friend of mine who's into it too and so you have to start off and you're like strapped to like an instructor right and that's yeah, early so you, on. Do ta- you do tandem starts and then okay. one day if you want to decide you do a, like a quick school and you and you qualify a couple times i was my my family's always been in the aviation, yeah. So I've always kind of been able to grab on the grab on to like the random stuff, like wind directions, you know, yeah. where I'm at in the sky if I ever get disoriented, you know, sh- weird shit like that. Yeah, it was easy for me to pass a test, but you can literally jump two or three times and then be like, "All right, you ready to jump by yourself?" Here really? I thought it was like yeah, I thought yeah. it was more advanced than that. It was always like explained to me like you're strapped to a guy, and then and then eventually you have to like graduate to that. But I didn't realize that yeah, yeah, kind of like yeah, yeah. as long it's, as you feel quick. good, you, yeah, you can make it as quick as you want. To, oh, I didn't know, you know that. Yeah, yeah, it's like hey, 
50-50. He was live or die, buddy. <laughs> wait, so wait, uh, wait, you mentioned one thing in there. How, wait, how do you know, how do you reorient yourself if you like don't know what's Like up jumping out of a plane? Yeah. <laughs> Haven't gotten to that point yet, but like, <laughs> you know, I'm always looking up in the clouds. Like if you fly up and it's yeah. the weather, it's, it's, there's two different, there's two, two different licenses when you, when you qualify to get your pilot's license. There's yeah. VFR, which is visual flight rating when you're yeah. able to see what you're going into. And then IFR, which is instrument flight yeah. rating. And then you're able to fly into a clouds and we're just solely rely on your instruments, right? Yeah. You can't do that when you're skydiving. You right. got to be always visual. You always got to be visual, but you know, it's not unsafe because the pilot or people that you jump with usually are like, you got eight people telling you, nah, I don't really think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> There's not really a lot of deaths in skydiving, which is kind of, you would think the opposite, yeah. but it's very safe because it's very technical and it's, yeah. I mean, you're going through these procedures. It's like taking off in a plane. It's like this yeah. checklist you have to go through because it's, you're risking your life doing it, you know? Yeah. Well, have you actually, do you fly planes too? Do you have your pilot's license? Yeah. I got my pilot's license. Got my pilot's license when I was 18. I don't have my IFR anymore. I don't have ex access to a plane. It's very expensive. It's, yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of a cool person hobby. I'm not really yeah. into, you know? <laughs> so I, well, I'd rather, I'd rather sit here and taste espresso beans and <laughs> make, make Legos, man. Well, it, 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 feel, it makes you feel a little bit better hearing it from you because I, you know, I, like I'll watch like a bunch of these guys on YouTube who have like their own planes. There's this one guy, uh, Nico Wings, who like flies all over in like his okay. little plane. Um, and, and I'm like, I think maybe I could do it. Right. I, I understand like the VFI, sure. IFR, all that stuff. The only thing that scares me is like, I'm, I, I don't know how they pay attention. Like I'll listen to like air traffic control feeds and stuff. And I'm like, I don't. Like if I'm just flying a plane and trying to pay attention, I don't know if they're they're gonna mention mention something to me. And do I have the brain capacity to remember what they said and repeat it back and then execute that and all those other things? Scares the hell you out do. of me. I mean that. I mean yeah, of course. When you're listening to you know JFK ATC, you're yeah. like, how are these people keeping up? And then you hear the Chinese pilot like, yeah. okay, turn left on two. You know, yeah. like there's there's a lot of things where you think it's intimidating but yeah when you start doing it for hours and hours that's why i don't have my ifr anymore you yeah. know like you gotta have you gotta put some time into it and it's yeah. not a hobby you gotta you're not gonna get into a plane and go all right closing my eyes yeah. hopefully, hopefully works out for the best <laughs> you know so yeah do it more incapable of doing it and the best thing about you know aviation nowadays it's there's so many good like Microsoft Flight Simulator. Like yeah. that's how I was able to get my license, like literally reduced half the time because I was always being able to play Microsoft Flight Simulator yeah. and you know learn the cockpit of a Cessna, like a 172 is what I trained out of. And so it was super easy. I mean, of course, it's not real world flying, yeah. but you are getting familiar with the buttons and where they are. I mean, it's very detailed. So yeah. there's a lot of things that you could take that. I don't know about flying on the East Coast. I've never done it before, but I know it's always very packed. Yeah. You know, like yeah. traffic is very, there's a lot of ATC going on. But yeah. luckily I flew out of San Diego. I got my, my, my license out of San Diego where um, I flew with a lot of cool, cool younger guys from their um, station out of Miramar. They're yeah. like F-16 pilots. Yeah, yeah. And they were trying to make some money on the side. So they would be um, instructors for, you know, guys like me or, yeah. you know, younger guys that, you know, if you fuck up, they're not going to be like, all right, we got to land. Yeah. They'll be like, you know what? We'll just keep going. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's funny too. Um, I watching other people do this, like, yeah, I always hear and, and see that like, 
East Coast is definitely like just with all the different metro areas, a lot more complicated and, and busy. But like I've my my uh what, what do you want to call it? My um just I'll poke around YouTube and watch and like watch all like the the videos of uh air traffic control recordings and like things that happen and <laughs> watching people yeah. like you'll understand like like busting the Bravo in like into LAX like when they're trying to land at like a little small airport that's like just south of it. Uh, yeah, so Santa Monica, so yeah, Santa Monica. That's the that's the Harrison Ford, funny yeah. ass that dude landing in his old ass plane, landing on a taxiway like yeah. a like a dum dum, you know. But yeah, no, that's that's all about it. See, like flying yeah. in LA is, I would never do. I don't yeah. think so. No. I'd rather fly into you know uh, Van Nuys or Burbank, yeah. somewhere that I am not sweating by yeah. the time I'm landing and getting chased down by like you know. A 747 or yeah. 787, and my little Cessna going. ATC is like, hurry the hell up, buddy! What are yeah. you doing? You know. So, I think you know, practicality wise, yeah, it, it's a it's a, it's a key on life. You know, I've, I tell my buddies all the time: if you got enough time on your hands, get it. You know, it's fun. Yeah, like, I got my motorcycles license. I really want to get my truck driving license for some odd reason. <laughs> I've always had a I've always had a fond uh, memory of a kid as a kid being in like a uh, an eighteen wheeler and yeah, you know, pulling the pulling the horn. So I think it'd be cool to get my truck driving license just yeah. if I want to use it sometime. You know, now now's your chance. Like everyone else will like you know rent a U haul when you have to move, and you can just you know pull up in a eighteen wheeler. So I'm saying, yeah. dude. So I'm saying, man. <laughs> well, practicality. It's, it's funny speaking of like, pr- practicality. Like on the like last little bit on like the air, like the flying stuff. But like I was always always almost more surprised that more artists, even though like. Yeah, you're like you're sleep deprived and you look forward to like sleeping on the plane. I was always more surprised that I didn't see more like touring DJs pick up their pilot's license and just fly themselves around. You know what? There's only one other person I've had a conversation with that's a pilot, that's a DJ. It was Elon is it Elon Bluestone, the trance guy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Elon, Elon, yeah. Him yeah. and I I saw him uh he he bought a I don't know if he bought it, but he was flying a Cirrus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I have a Bonanza. Well, yeah. I was flying in a Bonanza. That was like the my main, my main, my main girl. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the doctor killer. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he had a Cirrus, and then we we got in this conversation a couple yeah. of years ago, and it was cool. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, you know, so a lot. I can I can imagine these touring DJs. You know, the big touring DJs. Most of them are are obsessed with aviation. Yeah. Like it's it's half your life. Yeah, you know. So I love it. I love you know talking to the pilots and especially long haul pilots. Yeah. Um, my uncle was a pilot for Cathay Pacific. Okay. For, he was, he was a 747 um, pilot for Cathay Pacific and he would always fly into Anchorage and then station in Anchorage and then fly out Anchorage yeah. and go to Asia. And it was always really funny to talk to him and definitely living out in Vegas too. I've, I'm friends with a, a couple dudes that fly out of uh, Nellis Air Force Base and they fly yeah. some of the new newer jets and they've told me some wild ass stories and <laughs> it's, it's cool, man. Like flying, if I wasn't, doing what I, uh, what I've kind of set out myself to do for music in the last 10 years, being a pilot would definitely be up there with a career path that I yeah. think I would definitely take, but it's, um, it's a cool industry, man. It's yeah. a really cool industry and you meet a lot of really, really cool people. Yeah. There. And that air force base is so cool. Like again, EDC Vegas, like pulling up. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's Nellis. That's and like, Nellis. you yeah, just yeah. almost didn't like see, like there was a, See, like, like guys like us appreciate that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're like, Oh my God, it's an F 14 fucking top yeah. gun. You know, like that's us. Like my yeah. boy and I, there's another DJ. His name is Kennedy Jones. And he's like one yeah. of my best friends. And 
every year we try always going out to this place called Star Wars Canyon. And oh, Star know, Wars, yeah. Ca- yeah, Star Wars Canyon's like a looky loo for a lot of aviation geeks, you know, yeah. AV geeks. And we stand out there, and a lot of these newer, it's where they train a lot of the Nellis Air Force guys or Edwards Air Force. Yeah. They train because it's very middle, uh, it's like training in Afghanistan. Yeah. It's like that same kind of those conditions, and you're flying through. You're flying, yeah. you're flying through these mountains and you're in, you know, uh, F-16, F-18, you know, it's yeah. badass, dude. It's yeah. really badass. Yeah. Well, I remember um, I was, I li- literally just got onto site at EDC one year and I was going to the go-kart through the tunnel, come out the other side. And uh, all of a sudden the, they were taking off, they were running a drill or something but they oh, were that's called that's called red october dude red october uh, yeah but no, no no red flag red flag red flag that's okay. badass man and that's they're just hitting afterburners at night. Mm, yeah and it's just and, like they're all lit up and, you, and at that point it, like you know it, the sun's setting over the desert and all you see are these like two little blue cones of afterburner just oh, yeah. flying through the sky uh, badass bro yeah. <laughs> that is some shit i go out there i do the, i'll go out there and sit out there with a cooler yeah. eat a tuna sandwich and watch these dudes it's uh I, I want to say it's red flag. Yeah, it's yeah. red flag. It's when, you know, a lot of these other um, countries come in and they do training exercises with the U.S. Yeah. So like the Italian Air Force, the French Air Force, yeah. the, the British Air Force, they'll all come with all their planes. The yeah. German Air Force, <laughs> like it's badass. Dude. Yeah. It is so tight. It's really cool. Um, dude, small, small. It's like, see, this is the thing. <laughs> you're in the plane. You're in the planes. Or you're not in the planes. Yeah. It, it, it's up. always it's a, it's it's interesting to me and it's also way out of reach to ever like get behind uh get behind the stick but it's super interesting to me and 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 you know it's i mean i wouldn't say that man like i know a lot of pilots that start i mean i don't know how old you are but i know yeah. a lot of pilots that started out in their early to late 30s man that yeah. are you know they i'm not saying a fighter jet but yeah. regional stuff <laughs> Yeah. Maybe flying for maybe flying for Delta or something, yeah. you know. <laughs> I mean, well, the, the thing the thing for me is I look at these guys and like, uh, uh, you know, there's like the like the little plane, like the little Cessnas that you train on, which is essentially like like an old Jeep, you know, like it's like you pull this oh, fuck thing, that. An old and, Honda Civic, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> the sl- slowest planes, man. Like, yeah, I think we would top out like at 110 knots, yeah, and that was like big downwind, <laughs> like you got like terrible just a bzzz, yeah not fun. but now you see every all the new all like the new planes and that's what i'm like uh <clears throat> I, you know and, and you have to you have to go through it right you have to you have to learn in the in the old cessna for that's you know been there since the you know the the 70s and uh but like the newer planes were like it's it's like you know ipads across the entire console and the thing basically flies itself and it's all computerized it's yep. it's a jump, but it's a. Uh, I'm like I want to just get to that part where it like it does most of the stuff for me, but that's obviously like you know you're skipping a few steps. You yeah, go but you got you got to learn on the all yeah. that. So because because you know if all out the Cessna has the practicality of if you are in a pinch, yeah, all the instruments will be working because yeah, they're they've literally been, I think majority of them are magnets and steam pressure. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's classic <laughs> yeah. shit. You don't want to rely on a Garmin when it's yeah. a battery. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like driving a new car. Yeah. You always know the 1960 cars will last a lot longer than the 2015. Oh, know? yeah. Well, it, it was I was watching a video of some guy and he was like, you know, these guys like put GoPros on every corner of the inside of their of their uh, cockpit. Um, mm-hmm. And 
was going up with his family, his wife's in the in the co-pilot seat and his kids are in the back. And as he as he's, you know, like just making his way on on takeoff, he's up in the sky and all of a sudden you can see something's wrong. And what you later find out is that the throttle stick for his engine the cable snapped, right? Because it's literally a cable that connects mm. the little handle to the actual throttle on the engine. But in perfect, you know, Cessna safety feature is when it loses tension, it goes full throttle instead of, you know, no throttle. It doesn't drop you out of the sky. So now the guy's like in the sky and they're getting his engineer on the, or his mechanic on the, on the, um, uh, on the radio so he can talk to him and like, Fuel yeah. mixture, man. And that's yeah. how he's able to bring it down. Yeah. And then the guy just had to figure out, like, all right, well, you have no choice. You just have to, you know, um, land it at full throttle and just kill the throttle, like, when you feel right and just land it. And, and uh, but it was like super interest- interesting to watch something like that. And then you cut to the other guys who have, like, you know, l- essentially like little Lear jets that are like, you know, like two, like two person cockpits and like it, you yeah. know, it's, it's all completely computerized. Yeah, it's one of those things, man. Like I've I've flown in a single engine, uh, a single engine jet, and, or sorry, a single pa- a single pilot Lear like that, and with another co-pilot, and you know, it, one engine goes out, you got a split second to make a decision. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lot. You know, yeah. especially like you get like a Beechcraft, a dual prop, turboprop, like those are always sketchy as shit. Yeah. But you know, it's just always training the right way, having a good instructor. So you remember going through every crazy situation more than once, especially like doing stall checks, you know, doing procedures that you might never have to be in. But if you are, you're not going to get flustered because that quick decision, you know, flying, like I said, flying isn't just like a a weekend hobby. Yeah. Like it's, it's a once (laughs) or twice a week, Yeah, five or six hours a day. Yeah. You know, it's a commitment. Um, commitment, but wait, I, 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 we're talking a lot about like flying and stuff. I want to know more about the coffee stuff. Cause that's like super interesting to me about like what the coffee, the, the coffee shits, man. It's, it's, I always tell people this, if you're, if you're into coffee, yeah, save up and buy a really good coffee or an espresso maker because, or like a really good drip system because yeah. you're spending six to eight bucks every single time on like a milk drink when yeah. you go out to get <laughs> coffee. And it's like, okay, coffee. But yeah. once you start making your own, you're like, wow, okay, this cost me, let's say the bag of beans was eight dollars, 18 bucks. Mm-hmm. Milk cost me like $6. It's like 70 cents yeah. per coffee. And you can have <laughs> as many as you want a day. Yeah. You know, but it's that extra, it's that extra step that you get. Yeah. You could save some money, but man, you can dive deep into coffee. Like yeah. I, I don't really have a lot of vices. Like I don't really drink a lot of alcohol. Like I'll have my occasional beer or some yeah. wine or something. I don't do drugs and coffee is one of those vices that I love. I, I love waking up in the morning. I love my whole, my whole get down setup. Yeah. We, I want to know um, what the setup is. Yeah. Could I like flip this camera around? How do I do this? Oh, maybe. Oh, there it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, so I got the grinder. Oh, right. Wow. So it's got the scale to make sure that I have, you know, oh, equal portion. So I do 20, 20 grams in yeah. of espresso beans and then 40 grams yeah. out. Right. Jeez. And then, uh, yeah, I mean a full, full steam. Oh, I man. make some latte, latte art, man. It's fun, dude. It's really wait, fun. wait, wait. So what, wait, what machine is that? So this is a rocket. So rocket, this is an Italian company. I used to have a, a, a espresso machine, like at the coffee shop, we have a La Mazzarco. Yeah. yeah, yeah. La Mazzarco is like very, very standard, but yeah, my cabinets aren't high enough to put my La Mazarco in. And I was like, 
either sell my Lama Zarco or spend $8,000 on taking the cabinets out. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'll get a coffee maker. I don't need to be a Mr. Yeah. Coffee Man. And I got something just as good. It's stainless. I like it. Matched yeah. my this and then matched yeah. my... You know, it's fun, man. It's really nice. Yeah. Wait, well, what's, the, what's the thing on the right? Is that a, a, a tamper? Oh, this is a... No, this is a... Uh, this is a... Um, a sparkling water, oh. sparkling water machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I save in? a lot of save a lot of money on that bad boy too. Damn, you know it's it's funny. I'm like I drink a lot of water. I'm drinking like in a, a bottled Essentia water, um, and I thought about getting. Um, uh, they have like this is like the reverse osmosis water, and you oh, can yeah. get that Hell for yeah. your for your system at home. And I was like, maybe I'll just build that into my countertop and and get that, so I don't have to buying bottles it might day. be expensive it might you know initially be expensive but if you're yeah. going to the gas station every day or you're buying stuff off of amazon and you're yeah. like wow my monthly expenses for for water are like 150 bucks yeah it's a no, it's a no-brainer like yeah. i just fill this up with tap water and i put it in a sparkling machine and yeah it's like gourmet sparkling water <laughs> you know what i mean yeah wait so wait, i want to know something because this is what I, I i never fully understood so you were you were measuring like down to the grams, your 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 the ground coffee after you Dude, grind I'm gonna, it. I'm just gonna make a coffee. Okay. <laughs> I have it. It's a like cool little setup. I can get yeah. here too. Tell me if you can see this. Yeah. Okay. I see. It. All right. So it's like some POV shit. I gotta yeah. take this out. So basically, what I want for my espresso is I want to have a uh, basically I want 20 grams of espresso in you have to have right. a you have to have a scale a scale will be your best friend because you're not wasting a lot of espresso beans right, right. so I know I gotta I gotta this is a portafilter right so yeah, this yeah. is what the so there's two types of there's a, plenty of different types of portafilters but my portafilter I use I use a bottomless one yeah because I'm able to see the espresso come out and if it's an equal it's a better pour it tastes better uh, okay Here's a a nozzle. Yeah, okay, um, I've seen that. Yeah. So th- these are classic, and also these are a lot cleaner when you're yeah. making fifty to hundred copies a day at a yeah. coffee shop, um, because it comes out of the nozzle. This one, if you don't tamp it right and you don't level it right, mm. it starts spraying everywhere, and it's not oh. right. So it's yeah. not really a uh, practical thing when you're doing commercial coffee, but at the house, it's it's yeah. nice. So wait, wait, um, wait, wait. Before you continue, what? Because yep. it, it on the bottom of it, it looks like a like a you know, pasta strainer, basically. But basically, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a micro strainer, right? So okay. you, you put the coffee in here and it strains it out. I'll show you, I'll be able to bring the camera around yeah. and see the drip out of it. So I, so I know that I got to weigh my portafilter. It's <laughs> 523 grams. Yeah. Level it out. I'm looking for 20 grams of espresso. in. Okay. Here. And then when I pour, I want 40 grams out. That's with liquid. Wow. Okay. So it's double. Yeah. Okay. Um, most coffee places, when they cut budget, they do 18 grams. So 36 grams out, 18 uh-huh. grams in, 36 grams out. Um, I-, I like 20. I like the stronger espresso. Yeah. So. So you're looking at the consistency of the grind. Yeah. You're looking at the tamp. Okay. So exactly 20 grams. So. Yeah. This is what it looks like right now, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to do it like I'm going to do like a I like tamping it myself. I like putting it around the basket to make sure that it's all around the the the, the whole basket so there's no water that gets through. Yeah. This is called a leveler. This is your best friend. Okay. Because this, this is going to level the espresso mm-hmm. to a point where 
you're going to have to tamp it, but it's already flat. Because most people, the classic way of doing it yeah. is leveling it with your fingers and getting it all distrib- distributed around the basket. Yeah. But then using the tamp, and sometimes the left side can be, I mean, if it's not perfectly flat, you can taste it. Oh, so, okay. So wait, wait. So here, if it's not level in there and you go to tamp it, you go to like push it all down. If it's unleveled, it'll spray out of the left oh, it's gonna pour out of the right. Yeah. So that's why the bottomless portafilter. Yeah. This is like putting training wheels yeah. on coffee. <laughs> when you have a bottomless one, it's like, yeah. you're going to know when you mess up. Okay. So yeah. that's what it looks like without the leveler. Okay. So I put the leveler down give it a couple spins and now it's perfectly flat. Oh, wow. That is perfect. Yeah. So they didn't come out with levelers for maybe like five or six years ago. It's fairly new, but it's kind of like a a new hipster thing for speed. Yeah. So a lot of like classic espresso, like, you know, espresso teachers, they were like, I hate levelers because it doesn't give you, (laughs) it doesn't give you the feel, but screw that. Like I'm over that. So the tamp, I've done hundreds of tamps, so I kind of know what the, yeah. the pressure is, but it's usually about 50 pounds of pressure. Uh, put it in the, put it in the, the nozzle, take your cup, yeah. weigh that, weigh the cup because you're going to want to see what the, the, the weight, remember 20 grams in, yeah. 40 grams out. So now come down here and I'll show you the pour. Now you oh, can, oh, oh. are you there controlling you the pour manually? Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, it's just a pressure. So it's a water yeah. pressure. You see how, Oh, wow. Right. It's like, it, yeah. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's that's like a, a Ghostbusters. Like it's just like, that. exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that is a, a pour you want. You want yeah. all the corners to come in equal in the middle and that's just having good distribution. Yeah. Okay. So 30 seconds. Now I'm, I wanted 20 grams in. I want around 40 grams out. I'm now at, 31. 31. So yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a shitty pour. Yeah. But, <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. So this is the question. This is the question I, I was going to, I was going to drop there next was what happens if you go under or over the, like if you, you taste, overshoot, you or undershoot. it's like, a, it's like the struggle. So I okay. adjust now I know because I just put this bag of beans in. Yeah. I made like a few coffees. Some of them are good. I just maybe have too much pressure on the tamp. Okay. But to alleviate that kind of, if I put too much pressure or not, I'm going to yeah. just take the grind and going to make it uh, less fine. So it's okay. a faster pour because I went, I always go for 30 seconds. 30 seconds is always, you know, 20 grams in 40 grams out 30 seconds. That's like standard. Gotcha. So I know that it's 31.8 in 30 seconds. So I know if I make the grind a little bit coarser, yeah. it's going to now pour faster because it's coarser. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. That was, that was my question is like, if, if you, if you're aiming for 40 grams, do you just keep pouring if it takes a minute and a half? Like just keep no, 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 no. You yeah. need to stop at thirty seconds because wow. then you start, then you start straining the beans, and oh. then you can taste it. When you have like Starbucks is notorious for overburning their beans, yeah. meaning that they do too long of pours. Yeah. They never get a, they never get a grind. It's always just kind of, but it's, it's mass produced coffee. That's yeah. why they love putting shit in it because <laughs> it just tastes like burnt coffee. I'm a yeah. guy that like. I take pride in knowing that my coffee is always going to be like, I always buy this one company. Don't yeah. tell the place I work don't tell the place <laughs> I work at, but it's literally this company and it's called Vesta and I love it. It's great. And I, I, I saw the whole foods logo on it. Does that mean I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. They, they, the crazy thing is they were able to partner in with whole foods because it's yeah. a local brand. Yeah. They, they roast out of Vegas. Oh, but they, um, yeah. So they, it's the only whole foods in Vegas, but it's, 
the only reason why I buy it is because you can't go into the store. They don't, they're not yeah. open for the public. It's yeah. a roasting place. So they sell to different distributors. Yeah. So now I'm foaming the milk, which is pouring espresso is one thing, but doing latte art. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a pain in the ass, but I've, I felt like I've done enough that I can figure this out. Wait, is that like oat milk? It looks a little darker. So, uh, so, wait, so, okay. so I, so I use this stuff. Yeah. Shout out to my boy, Laird. Yeah. <laughs> Laird Hamilton came up with this creamer that's absolutely Ooh, incredible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really good. There's no sugar added. It's um it's made out of mushrooms. It's really good. It's huh. good for a lot of people that have I mean, I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah. So you would you won't catch me dead drinking a coffee with milk or I would be on the toilet for 15 hours. Yeah. <laughs> um but I use this stuff. It's a high steam milk. It's the barista blend. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 easier to get higher temperatures. Yeah. Um it's is that what barista that ba- have- is that what barista blend is meant meant to this entire time that I haven't known? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I didn't know it's that. For the weird, it's for the weirdos like me. Yeah. Oh, look at the look at the art. Oh, dude. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, man, it's one of those hobbies that you could really. Yeah. It's like Kazo. I used yeah. to live with with Hayden all the time. Yeah, he's like re- he's really in the drip coffee. Dennis Koyu, he yeah. got I got him into doing espresso. <laughs> so it's a it's a really fun thing because we're producers. We yeah. just love to we love to be caffeinated. You know? Yeah. So so being able to make your own coffee, I mean, that took five minutes of fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I enjoy making coffee. I'm not yeah. like I need a coffee. I need to get in my car and go to a coffee shop and wait thirty minutes and yeah. then drink it and then. Oh my god, I might be mad because it might taste like shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Wait, but now so, I want I want your take on some other things. So what what's your what's your take on like Nespresso, like the like Nespresso is cool for the yeah. pinch and especially there's no there's no mess. Yeah, with my espresso machine, there's a mess. Like yeah. the beans are. I have I walk around with my I'm very OCD. I walk around with my Dyson vacuum cleaner, so yeah. I can handle it. But not a lot of people like that mess, especially yeah. when they're in a, a time crunch. Like my manager. Yeah has a really nice Nespresso and yeah. it tastes decent. I mean, I'm not, yeah. he's not a coffee snob. I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm a bougie bitch yeah. when it comes down to coffee. For, <laughs> I'm sitting here drinking my sparkling water and my espresso, like a dickhead. But no, no, no. Wait, so wait, wait, here's what the, no, cause I, I love, I love this, right? This, this is like my favorite. This is why like half this podcast, like we don't even talk, like it's all, EDM DJs and producers and shit like that. We're going to cut this real close. Yeah. I had a song coming out called Promises on Armada. It's out yeah. now. Get it on Spotify, whatever. <laughs> I had green light Armada. Cool. Back to the coffee. This is all we talk about. You know what I'm saying? Half, this, half my conversations are are have more to do with like food and travel and 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 stuff like and, and everyone's hobbies. Um this this is the stuff I care a lot more about than anything else. And I and I and yeah, this is what makes it it's fun. homey it's homey talk. I don't want to sit here and talk about the music. Hey, that, so like, what's oh, great, yeah. great, you know, cool. <laughs> I, when uh, I won't I won't mention names, but uh obviously I, I used to work on Sirius XM and on BPM and I used to yell at the other DJs who would go on and be like uh, we'd be at like festivals and they'd be like, Hey, so uh, what, what are you going to play on stage? And I'm like, who cares? Everyone listening is going to know in three seconds. Stop asking yeah, that yeah, question. Yeah. It's like, Hey man, have you ever shit your pants yeah. in a hotel room before? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what was the worst, what was the worst time you thought yeah. you had diarrhea before you hit the plane? <laughs> like these are the, I've man, like Tommy, I've been doing this for a, a long yeah. time and I always love getting conversations like this because yeah, you know, I'm a normal ass guy. I yeah. have some weird ass hobbies. I like Legos and I produce music. Like yeah. I, I'm a normal dude. Like yeah. I, I, 
I'm like everyone else. It's not like I'm going to sit here and be all snobby. Like, let's just talk about the brain yeah. and be like, fuck off, fuck off, dude. Like, I'm not going to do that shit. Like, I, you know, like, fuck that. Let's talk about aliens. You know, dude, you know uh, honestly, like some of my favorite, and this is what like was to go way back. Like this was the, the genesis for this podcast in general was like, I sat and talked to Base Nectar for like an hour about his new fascination of like watching football that he had never watched before and getting into that. And I was like, yeah, let's talk about football for like an hour. Like that's 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 more interesting than than most things. And like, yeah, obviously, like we're all into music and and that's what you do. That's your day job. But like, yeah, I want to I want to like this stuff is more fun to me because like to that point, like how passionate you are about like coffee. Like I'm like, that's where like my next question was going to be like. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, like, when you're at a festival or something, or like you're you're somewhere that's not home where you have your cool setup, how do you like how do you make coffee? That's the closest we get to talk about. Fucking rough, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it is rough. But contrary to yeah. this, I have found some incredible. So my my goal every time I travel, yeah, is I always go to a local coffee shop. I like supporting local businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm part of it. My parents have always done it. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm not a guy that will go to a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. It's like franchisees go for it have fun i love supporting the local businesses so when i go into coffee shops i always buy even if it's shitty even if it's bad i always buy some sort of trinket if that's coffee beans yeah yeah, if that's a cup if that's a some merchandise like every time i go so when i travel australia was the only place that i was not disappointed every single stop i had on my tour with coffee it was fucking phenomenal yeah every every coffee shop was so good and it was like they just do coffee right china china and australia do coffee right yeah you know you know i've gone to germany i've i've been all over europe and the coffee's okay but the how coffee is drank over there is Mm -hmm. it's a lot different than the states it's a lot different than australia you got the cop cappuccinos you have you know x y and z the fancy drinks but it's more of a um it's more of like an after an after drink of a meal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Coffee, coffee in Australia. It's, I, I would sit at a coffee shop all day. Yeah. Just like the sounds of them making espresso, the steamer, the people talking, like it's a vibe, it's yeah. culture, you know? So we've tried to infiltrate that setup in the States. And yeah. I really love it, man. I really love I, coffee is one of those things. It's not just like, I like the taste. I like the process. Like yeah. that to, that to me, was, yeah. it's fun. <laughs> And I like showing people that. I mean, yeah. of course, if I could go get in a plane right now, I'd be like, let's go fly around. No, but it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. It's a lot cheaper to do this shit, you know? It's a lot more of an accessible hobby. It's really funny you mentioned Australia, though. I had um, an old boss of mine um, was Australian. And yeah. we met up and I, we were, I was in San Francisco. And he was like, hey, I have a place to take you to. And it, for what it's worth, it, it is a chain, but it's an Australian coffee shop chain. Blue, blue bottle? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and the thing is, like, I had I had coffee from there. I was like, and I didn't even notice, right? Because there's there's Blue Bottle and, and then there's another one that just sounds exactly like Blue Bottle. Uh, uh, I, the I name think Blue Bottle, I, I don't want to know if Blue Bottle is Australian, but they're out of LA, but there's a lot of Australian people that go to Blue Bottle. So I, yeah. might, be, I might be mistaken here. But no, no, Blue no, no. Bottle, yeah. I like Blue Bottle. Yeah. I know what the one you're, ta- I know the one you're talking about. Hold on. Was it this logo? You're going to die. Please yeah. tell me it was this. Oh, fuck. I gave the beams to my mom. Hold on. It was it. <laughs> It, it was a blue. It was a blue logo, right? It was a blue and white logo, and it looked like a. It looked like a like a nautical sign. 
It's, they have them a lot that, in New York. Like they're really, yeah. really good in New Blue York. Stone. I've been to a couple. Blue, Blue Stone. Stone. Blue Stone. Yes. Blue Stone Lane. Yes. 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 So Blue wait, Lane. wait. So the good, difference good is co- good coffee, dude. Good yeah. coffee. I like that coffee. That's what I was saying, and I was blown away. I was like, whoa. And the thing is, I've been to Blue Bottle, right? And Blue Bottle. Yes. Blue Bottle is is fine, right? Like I, I they're they're good. But the thing about Blue Bottle, because they'll they'll like I went to Blue Bottle once and they're like, yeah, like the difference with these beans is like we lay them out and they they give you an entire backstory to the bean, which okay, fine. But Blue Stone, it, it all it all comes down to how it sells when it touches my tongue. Blue Stone Coffee, uh Blue Stone Lane, which was the Australian one, and they had like a whole wacky menu of of like how they do coffee. Avocado they, toast and shit like that. Yeah they, yeah. they put they put vanilla ice cream in coffee instead of instead of milk as an option. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, I, I was blown away by Bluestone Coffee, and, and and like I and I heard from my from my my old boss that like he's like yeah in Australia like coffee's very different and and this was the closest and I was like oh wait blue blue bottle I know that and I'm like it's not blue bottle it's Bluestone they all have to use blue in their name two coffee shops it's very confusing I, I you know what like I was I used to order a lot of Bluestone when I had a different coffee maker and it was it was good for what it is like yeah I I would if Bluestone if it was blue bottle, blue stone, and they're next to each other and it was the only options, of course I'd go to blue stone. You know, it's like, it's one of those coffee places that you know what you're going to get, you know? And that's so important for, for people that like coffee. It's expensive. Coffee's fucking expensive. You know, you're spending $8 on a latte. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not cheap for a little tiny eight ounce coffee. Yeah. I always, I always tell people if you, if you guys start getting obsessed with coffee. Yeah really start to you know experiment with your own beans if you have a coffee maker at the house yep. i always tell people to do pour over coffee pour over coffee is the best way to learn kind of like how different coarseness of the yeah. grain the, the the beans are um but order cortados cortados are a shot one shot of espresso and uh milk foam so you're not getting i could fuck up on this really bad yeah. like this this cappuccino yeah. Because I'm putting milk into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, even if it's burnt, I'm like, oh, it tastes good because the milk outweighs the flavor yeah. of the coffee. Um, but if you're just doing straight up espresso, and that's how I was trained, you know, going yeah. and roasting my beans. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's uh, dude, it's process, man. It's it's a hobby. I love it. Yeah. I love making it's 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 fun when my friends come over and they drink coffee. It's yeah, it's fun, dude. I really I really emphasize a lot of people if you're into coffee, save up buy a really good coffee maker you won't regret it it's really fun yeah it's it's awesome to wake up in the morning turn my coffee maker on and be like i have something to look forward to you know what i mean that's all and i was gonna say too the one thing i remember that i was taught a long time ago but i don't know if it still applies does your your grinder has to be a burr grinder is that still is that still correct you want a burr Uh, grinder does it matter uh honestly i don't fucking know (laughs) a burr grinder is that burr grinder is it is it be, uh, is the blades that we no, were it's not to? the blades like and that was what I was told is like the blades will well if you use if you get like a cheap grinder that uses blades then the blades will actually heat up which are like slightly like heating up the beans as they grind them which is well, a no I know bag. we have a burr grinder for the pour over stuff at the shop okay it's a yeah, bi- yeah. it's a big industrial one you yeah. it's like the hopper is massive it looks like a cone yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know but. I, I think my my uh, grinder is a burr grinder, but I'm using it. I turn it on. I'm using it maybe four times a day max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, every time I every time I take my beans out of it, or yeah. when the beans are done, I'll take off the burr. I'll clean it out. So you know, I've had some jams, and it's not fun. You get yeah. you get a bad you get a bad espresso bean that's like a rock. Yeah. 
it's not fun and it tastes like shit. So yeah. Wait. So do do you know? Like I'm here in New York. Do you know? Like the the go to like roaster in New York, or are you just like um shit, man. Honestly, I guess what like, I meant like different cities in general. Like, or are you just like you know your yeah? I mean, stuff. here's I have this. There's this really cool app that I have. It's like the Yelp Coffee. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding, dude. It's awesome, especially when you're in a pinch. Yeah. Um, it's they do like really boutiquey coffee shops. Yeah. Like, you know, that's how I found out about Bluestone. I mean, it's not boutique; it's still yeah. franchise, but it's good enough, right? But there are usually a lot of uh, smaller mom and pop stops, and yeah. then I'll send you. I'll send you that uh, app. I forgot what it's called, but it's like yeah. it's weird. I haven't used it in like a fucking year. Yeah, COVID, but, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. I don't. Hopefully, that it's still half the places are still up. You know, yeah. but um, it's been fun, man. Like I really, yeah. really enjoyed coffee. It's like. Not just coffee, like weird small stuff like that. It yeah. keeps your mind doing proactive stuff to keep you busy, to learn about it, to read about it. It's very easy to sit behind your computer all day and watch YouTube videos. Yeah. It's very easy to do that, you know? So just to keep my mind at ease and being able to look forward to something in the morning yeah. and then that can lead into something else and yeah, small, small things, small things. Yeah. Um, I, I, I took up all your time talking about all this stuff. I do want to know. I do want to know. I mean, I'm happy I did, but I, I do want to know, <laughs> like, yeah, you did. Like you, you mentioned, like you had like new music out now and yep. um, how has it been? Like, do you, are you like locking yourself in the studio a little bit and then going back and making coffee and playing with Legos and, and just kind of spreading out your time or unfortunately yes i do that all day long <laughs> i have scoli i have scoliosis from sitting in a chair for too long um uh i'm 30 years old now and i told myself that i was very unhealthy at like 28 yeah i was touring i was like eating shitty i wasn't exercising i lost yeah. a bunch of weight because i wasn't eating enough yeah. when i was on the road it's hard yeah you know staying up late getting on early plane flights and grind 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 yeah. so um I told myself once I turned 30, yeah. um, I was going to be the healthiest I've ever been. And I've been able to achieve that, which is awesome. So, you know, I always, I never get into the studio until I exercise because yeah. I know that I could be sitting in there all day. Yeah. And then I, I, my endorphins, when I, you know, go and work out, my whole entire day changes if I go work out. Yeah. Like my body doesn't feel like I'm a mopey mess. You know, I'll get in my studio, I'll sit there and I won't feel depressed knowing that I should be outside or something. Right. So I always tell a lot of artists that like, there's a couple like Will Sparks, Reed Stefan, um, Joel Curry, all these guys are like uberly in the fitness because yeah. they know how important it is, especially when you're sitting in front. I mean, I'm sitting in a chair right now that it's killing yeah. my back, but I don't notice that because yeah. I'm preoccupied doing something else. So, yeah. um, yeah, definitely sitting in the studio all day making music. I got my next record coming out on Armada is called Night Ends. Um, great vocal. It's with a girl named Raphael. She's just finished that record with MK. Okay. Um, and then she had that record with MK and Sonny. Forgot his name. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. It's all right. Um, yeah. She's great vocal. I yeah. love the records. It's kind of crossover-y. Um, yeah. But I honestly cannot wait to start making club music again. Like I... Yeah fucking thriving to make club music because when i know i can make club music again that means i'm touring yeah you know so <laughs> well, i was gonna say i mean you mentioned it way 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 earlier but i guess have you shifted like what you're aiming for and and not necessarily like club bangers and trying to get something that's a little bit more lean uh, back or you crossover? know what it's been it's been kind of it's been kind of weird too because i had this conversation with someone earlier today which is funny he he's 
living in Asia right now and him and I kind of went down this rabbit hole of what's relevant and what's not. And, you know, making club music is fun, but when you have no clubs to make music for, it's weird. Yeah. So that kind of always relates to these labels releasing music, right? So when I send them club music that let's just say there's, there's no such thing as COVID, yeah. you know, I was able to send them club music. Oh yeah. Let's sign this, you know, cool. Yeah. And that next month release, it could be a fucking hit. Yeah. But if it's a club music hit, the late labels don't give a shit. They won't release it because yeah. it doesn't make them money on the back end. Right. Unfortunately, people want that like weird Medusa yeah. style, like boo, 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 yeah. low vocal. <laughs> it's very radio yeah. friendly, right? Yeah. And it doesn't work when you play it live. But guess what? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Because there's no live music right. being played. So yeah. when you pitch when you pitch these A and R's. It's so funny, dude. Like yeah. I set all of my like party till we die style records, yeah. big chanty vocals, you know, very memorable records. Yeah. I send them to my guy in Asia and he's like, Oh God, these are incredible. Yeah. But then I'll send them to someone in the States and they're like, what are we living in 2013? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, everything is yeah. so ass backwards right now. Yeah. And all I, all I can say to anyone that's a producer or something listening to this, it's like, who, you could give a fuck of what you're making. Don't go with the trend because if you go with the trend, by the time it comes out, you're going to be fucking forgotten about. Yeah. Like Medusa came up with that sound shit two years ago and the records are coming out, you know, slotted by slotted like that. Emma yeah. the Emma Breck kid. Yeah, yeah. Who made the, made the TikTok roses remix. Yeah. Came out of nowhere with that, like weird Brazilian slappy bass sound. Yeah. I wouldn't be fucking caught dead making that shit because yeah. that would just make me look like a bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, labels want that because it streams really well. Right. Yeah. You see the pair. You see the hamster wheel yeah. paradox here that we're in. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say too. I mean, especially as you're talking to people in Asia who have almost like, I feel like the only good f- that you can look at that right now is you can see how they're reopening and their clubs are reopening. You can see what the trend is going to aim towards. And my curiosity is really around once things start reopening in the States and things, I don't know. It, I, I don't even like to use the term going back to normal. Cause I don't, I don't think there's a going back. It's, it's more of like what a new normal might be, but mm-hmm. are people just going to be like, I've been pent up for a year and a half and I need to go out. And now like, are clubs going to become more popular or are people going to lean back a little bit? Cause they're like, I'm afraid to go into crowded rooms right now. And is it going to take a little bit longer to pick up or like what is happening um, in Asia? It's, it's really bizarre. I, I was lucky enough to, um, I, I know that the vaccine for me is very, uh, it's a responsible thing to get because yeah. I'm touring, I'm going to shows. And yeah, I, if I don't get the vaccine, I probably won't be able to go tour internationally. Right. Let's be, let's be real. So yeah, you know, to all those people that are like anti-vaccines, I fucking, sorry, I did yeah. for my job, you know? Um, I want to, I want to keep a ha- roof over my fucking yeah. head and keep making es- and keep making espressos. So, um, I think that once the vaccine rolls out to the capacity where they're saying it's going to roll out, honestly, already having some shows in different states, people want to fucking rage. Yeah. And the funny, Tommy, the funny thing about all of this is I played a few shows i've played like a car rave with dioro yeah. i've been able to play some random private parties i've been able to play some uh shows in austin some texas north carolina coming up miami yeah everyone wants to hear the shit that they missed hearing so like the progressive house stuff yeah. so like sw- reload 
Swedish House Mafia. Yeah, you yeah. know, Alesso. They want to hear that like Avicii shit, the stuff that they're familiar. Like, yeah. oh my god, I miss the good time. Right. It's the little blanket. It's the warm fuzzy blanket. No one wants to hear fucking dubstep. No yeah. one wants to hear like aggressive yeah. head banging shit. Yeah. Because that was like the generation before COVID. That was yeah. like what you see these kids that were popping up out of nowhere, like the head bangers of like, yeah, yeah. dubstep. <laughs> those were all those were all the 16-year-old kids going to raves with fake yeah. IDs and being able to take a bunch of drugs and fucking headbang. Yeah. It's one of those things where like that's already gone. Yeah. It's fucking wild. So like yeah. the genre switch. No one knows where it's going to go, but I could tell you that the stapled names, you know, the, the big classic feel good songs, you know, the yeah. Galantises, yeah. The, the, you know, Lesso's, the, you know, the fucking Axwell's. Yeah. That stuff is still going to be relevant. Yeah. Always. Because they are, I mean, I was just listening to, um, do you remember when Coldplay released Paradise? Yeah. Remember that record? Yeah. Do you remember when they released a remix pack and Fanny LeGrand did, did that remix? Yep. Man, I listened to that yesterday. I'm like, <laughs> this is the first time I've gotten like goosebumps on my, like I'm getting yeah. goosebumps thinking about that song. Like those were, that's the, the era that I came up. Yeah. With. Like yeah. really good chord progressions, really amazing vocals, yeah. stuff that made you feel good. Yeah. That shit hopefully will come back, but like making house music and standing there and doing this, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. It's for, it's for certain people. And it's the older generation loves that, like going to a, you know, nice Ibiza style party or yeah. going and seeing Chris Lake and being able to like <laughs> waddle around and dance. Fine. <laughs> That's your scene. Yeah. But when it comes down to the comfortability levels of a lot of kids in my generation, they want to hear the stuff that they're familiar with. Yeah. And That's, that's the progressive house big room shit. Yeah. It, it's funny. It's it's like older like like um you mentioned like a like a Vici. It's like we're going back to like levels. You know, it's it's going like way, way back to like and maybe that's it. Is is the secret sauce now just like go go back to like twenty thirteen, find find a track and then just make a remix of it that doesn't take you too far away from it. And that's that's your new, you know, secret sauce for for twenty twenty one. You know, it's it's crazy too. Like I it's fun to always produce different styles of music. Yeah. I like it. It's fun. I do hip hop, you know, I'll make alternative style music. I'll do big room. I'll do like current relevant UK house shit, Medusa style stuff. And I'll like sell it to people or, you know, it's fun to always keep your brain. Oh, I can do that. Yeah. Or, Oh yeah. Let me try that. Let me see how easy it is. But yeah. it always comes down to the vocal, man. It's yeah. All about the top. It's all about the top line. You could have the most basic ass song, but the person, excuse me, the person that I always look up to, Mr. Calvin Harris, that yeah. dude, you go in his discography, you go on a Spotify, you're like, oh, this is called timeless classic. Yeah. <laughs> These are like, you go back to when, uh, uh, like the motion album, when he had like yeah. Florence and I want to say Florence and Michigan. Yeah. No, that was, what was that? What was the album when he had feel so uh, close? Like uh, that album. Was, I, I can see it in my, it's, it's the one when he has the, uh, like the He's sitting in front of a brick wall on the street. Oh, yeah. that one. Yeah. 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 I don't, I, I get him confused. I've, I've listened to the, 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 um, sweet nothing over and over and over again during this, like, just to get myself out of like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Remember those times? Remember like, early Calvin Harris. This is my fucking yeah. point right here. It's like you're sitting here and going, oh man, those are the times like ultra Miami 2013. Yeah. Wow. And that was only fucking eight years ago. I mean, it sounds like a long time ago. No, you're point, right. Like those are the moments, you know, I remember sitting there with, you know, Geronimo and Liquid Todd playing yeah. my first ever set on the worldwide stage and yeah. sitting there going, 
wow yeah. you know that was fun i got to make people like cry and shit playing like house music you but know? Wait, the album was 18 months and it, well, it was the one where he's sitting on the uh i was thinking yeah. i created disco which is gotcha. 2007 which is like very very early calvin that was the fly eye stuff yes yeah. the fly eye yeah <laughs> yeah he I, i've calvin harris is just the he's the, he is yeah. he is the og of dance music like yeah. that guy he's at that point where uh my buddy and i were talking my buddy and i were just like we're like that motherfucker could do whatever the fuck he wants because <laughs> he has so many songs that are just turning and burning yeah. that were so popular. I mean, when he released that song with Rihanna, with Disciples record, yeah. the Sam Smith, you know, Rag and Bones, all those yeah. big records, all dance stuff. He'll come out with like, like summer yeah, solo record. It was yeah. like a Tame Impala thing. He just stamped his dick on the table. Like, let me just make a huge <laughs> dance anthem and be able to fucking get a billion views off a progressive house song. Like that's some baller <laughs> shit. You but, know, yeah. he's, 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 he's killing it, dude. Yeah. But it's, it's still hanging on. It's still hanging on after, after all these years. And then, and then to that point, is that who everyone's going to start to look to go see when everything? Why not? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, fuck, I will go spend money to go see Calvin Harris play 18 of his old ass songs. I don't yeah. give a shit. You know, you know who I won't go see someone that goes and plays dubstep for fucking yeah. an hour. <laughs> Dude, can I tell you, you know, it's really funny. I, I I was I was asking for this for years. Um, and then it, it would it wasn't until uh, uh I guess, yeah, recently. Like I was just like, I just want I want to hear new stuff from Pendulum, right? Like I just want oh, I want to hear more pendulum. 100%. Well, he's worked uh homeboy's working with uh he's done a couple uh Dead Mouse records. Uh, yeah. Whatever his name is, the singer. Fuck. Uh uh mm. Oh God, it's such a basic name too. I'm I'm gonna piss me off. Well, look at me in one second. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, he did Rob, monof- Rob, he did monophobia with 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 Joel in the last couple of months. It's uh, Rob Swire. Rob Swire. Yeah. Rob Swire. Uh, I, I, yeah, and that's the thing too. Is like, yeah, because he, he uh, but like Rob Swire's voice is like the <laughs> like the vocal because because of the stuff with Knife Party, because of the stuff with Pendulum, because of the Dead Mouse tracks, like. It's just like, yeah, man, like I like that's he has like a, the voice for that time period that you're talking about, too, that just like locks in my brain. So it's like they dropped a, I think he dropped a new track recently. And just to hear like Rob Swire's voice again on something new, but like that, that familiar voice enough that I was like, oh, yeah, that's 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 what I've been looking for. That's what I need right now. Dude, I yeah. remember growing up on Ghosts and stuff. I remember watching AM play right after Joel at hard 2010 yeah. or some shit. Yeah. And was like, what is this style yeah. of music? You know? So <laughs> I love it, man. It's uh it's gonna be a, a bizarre year. Yeah. It's going to be um hopefully that people will have still the same amount of respect as when music comes out. And there's yeah. I remember that I remember that I'm gonna end on this, but I remember the years of watching id tracks on youtube you know typing in like alesso and trying yeah. to find that that id that he played the night before at some random club in fucking austria or some shit yeah that's when music was like what is this sound and yeah. how can i make it yeah nowadays it's like yeah <laughs> let me just go on a let me just go on beatport and see what what's yeah. hot and and download a sample pack and make the same shit it sucks, my, yeah. but it is what it is. My it's biggest like consumer consumers at its finest. My biggest regret, and and it all comes, and this is this was like the title together felt like an end of an era at the time, and it was. Um, biggest regret was uh, 
I, I was at I was working at Sirius XM and someone said, hey, you want to go uh, see Swedish House Mafia at MSG? And I was oh, like, God, oh, and I know what, what, how would <laughs> dude, I remember watching the fucking live stream of that. This is when live stream was like yeah. new for EDM. Yeah. And when they played, oh, God, that Narnia Milani song, Adam, yeah. oh, <laughs> that was I was sitting there as like a young producer going, yeah. Every moment of that, like the lighting, just yeah. like everything about that show was just, that is Swedish House Mafia, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, that was the thing. I didn't get to go. And I and I sat watching it at home on the live stream and I was kicking myself while watching the live stream at the same time as you and just being like, why didn't I go? And then- I mean, I, yeah, yeah. it's wild. <laughs> I love it. Biggest regret. Um, I mean, hey, it, it is what it is. You know, you'll see it. Hopefully, it'll come back and do this like magical tour yeah. like they've always said to do. But, you know, it is what it is. Wasn't that supposed to be Coachella last year? Wasn't that what it was? Or was that? But, but yeah, Swedish yeah. House Mafia. Yeah. I, I saw him at Coachella 2012 or 2013 when they were at Coachella yeah. when they did the laser show. Yeah. Best moment <laughs> in EDM history of my life. I was standing middle crowd and it was like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, dude, uh, yeah, I, I'm way over on time, but thank you so much for, uh, talking to me and teaching me about coffee and, and bringing me back to that, that those years, that was, that was, that was, those are my years too. So for what it's worth, we get to, we get to share that, but, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Anytime, bro. Anytime. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Such fun talking to that guy. Uh, one of the most fun interviews I think we've had on this podcast. Thank you to Mac J. Uh, thank you to the team at Armada for helping set that up. Thank you to my producer, Dale. Thank you to our editor, Steph. Uh, if you don't subscribe to the 128 podcast yet, go do that right now. Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tommy West. I'll see you next time. <laughs>